You're listening to Ride at Home with Rich. And now, here's your host, Rich Orris. Good Saturday afternoon, and welcome to Ride at Home with Rich. It's me, your host, once again, Rich Orris. And you know, each week we dive into the exciting world of home improvement, exploring a wide range of topics just to kind of help you transform and maintain your homes. So today, my producer, Todd Bachman, will be joining me to help answer some common questions we hear from clients every day. So, you know, we'll be your trusted source for all your and your home's remodeling needs today. Don't forget, I'm going to have my On the Road with Rich segment and my hack. So stick with us for both of those. But I want to jump right into this. I'm so excited, Todd. Thanks for joining me today. How are we doing so far? I'm doing very well, Rich. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, I absolutely. This is one of my favorite things to do. I, I mean, I like interviewing. I like talking about great topics, but I also like to cover these things that we hear and the questions that come up, you know, on a daily basis for, for me and, and all our other consultants run around there, you know, trying to help people out, be a good advisor and just, you know, see what they need in their remodels and, and help them make those tough decisions that they need to make and answer those common questions. So I really enjoy this type of show. Yeah, I do too, because I learn something every time we do it. So I'm very excited to get started. Let me go ahead and we'll just dive right in. Yeah, uh, We have a question uh, about buying a new home. So this is a very kind of age-old debate here within the remodeling industry. It's uh, debating whether or not you should renovate your current home or buy a new home. And can you help kind of navigate weighing those options? You hear this all the time. You know, people want to uh, potentially buy a new home, uh, but they do like their current home. So they're weighing the option between maybe renovating that current home versus buying a new home. What do you tell people in that situation? Well, you know, what I've seen and, and what I've kind of found the the questions that, you know, people need to ask themselves to kind of help determine, you know, should you stay, should you go, should you love it or list it? You know, the whole show right. is, you know, I literally, I, you probably won't believe me, had this conversation yesterday morning. Oh, really? On a call with a client talking about they had their must-dos, they had their dreams, and he's like, this is an episode of Love It or List It. This is what we're trying to figure out. Should we love it? Should we list it? So what are the must-haves cost? What are the dreams cost? And do I just take that amount and try and find a different place? So it's very common, and so many people do that. You know, it's amazing. But what I've really, you know, looked at is is – the questions that you should be trying to ask yourself and determine, number one is, are you committed to your current home? Um, you know, there, how long do you plan to stay there? Do you like it where you are? Um, and there's a lot of things that kind of play into that. And, you know, if you're kind of like, well, kind of, but, you know, we probably always planned on moving in like another five to seven years to do this or that, then your answer, you know, is probably no. Um, if you're like 10 years beyond, then your answer is probably yes. You know, it's good to just stick around, remodel, and then you have some time to come back and kind of, you know, earn, you know, some of those, those, the dollars and the return on investment and stuff back for yourself over time because they they don't always line up. 
Um, how do you feel about the neighborhood, you know, the location, the schools, the traffic near you, the safety, the crime, you know, looking into the same things and thinking about the same things that you think about when you go to buy a house. That's what everybody does, right? They're like, where is it? What are the schools like if my kids are still young? You know, they're looking at all these different things. Well, think about, you know, those those same things and are any of those, you know, a lot of those items are beyond your control. So looking at that, then maybe that kind of helps make your decision too, you know. So are you committed to the home, but are you also, you know, committed to the actual area that you're in? And most people I run into, they are simply because, you know, they did that homework when they bought the house. So they kind of, you know, like where they are. And those answers are usually, you know, eight out of 10 times is going to be an easy yes for them. Um, The next third one is how much will it cost to move? Look into that. Ask yourself that. Think about that because that's really, for me, that's the biggest thing that I think you know, people don't really see. They don't really think about everything that will happen in the cost of moving. But when you look at the cost of renovating, you're thinking about every nail, screw, countertop, all these parts and pieces. You're seeing the whole picture and you're seeing it all at once. Yeah. So it's like, oh my gosh, you know, it's going to cost $30,000 to do this project. I should just move. And you're like, well, but think about it for just a moment. So if you do a little research and, and you kind of look into, you know, what's the average selling, you know, cost of moving, selling your home and moving in Missouri, it can be super expensive. And actually, it, it's actually when you round everything up, it's very easy to get up around 12% of the cost of what you sell your house for. Oh, really? Yes. So... If you have a $250,000 house, that's $30,851. So you just spent $851 more than that $30,000 project because you moved. You didn't necessarily bite it off all at once or even realize that that, that that's the way that that went down. So if you kind of look at, you know, where does that expense come from? Well, preparing for a sale you're going to have to do something to your home. They're going to find something on an inspection. There's going to be some things. You touch up paint, you know, something. So you can spend anywhere from a couple hundred dollars to $5,000 getting your home prepared and ready for, for that sale. Realtor fees, of course, are the biggest one. $250,000 house, that's $12,000, $14,000. Yeah. Right there. It's literally almost half the cost of that project. Um, relocating expenses, who is moving you, you know, anywhere from renting a truck to paying somebody $400 to $3,500, just right there. That's $31,000. If everything ends up on a high side for you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're there, you just get to bite it off in pieces and kind of make those decisions separately, you know, where maybe you planned on hiring a mover and then you were like, okay, well, we got our son and, and our nephew, you know, and you, and you decide not to, you know, in the middle of it because of those expenses. Um, but it really, you know, 
it adds up fast. And if you think about today and today's market, the, the other thing we didn't even talk about. So like right now in St. Louis, the average selling time of all properties is 16 days. Hmm. That's, That's nothing. basically one to 30. Yeah. You know, it's in the supply of homes on the market is less than 30 days worth of homes for sale. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing this with my son, you know, looking for a townhouse or a condo. We kind of just started, you know, maybe three weeks ago, a month ago, something like that. And you have a day. You literally have one day. We looked at an open house on Sunday and Tuesday it's, it's under contract. Right. And it's like, so yeah, you just, you got to go absolutely right away. It comes on a market Friday night. They have an open house on Sunday and it's sold on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's worth anything. And so the other thing is buyers are overpaying. Oh yeah, definitely. 10, 20, you know, $30,000 more than properties are even appraising for. Right. Um, and interest rates are even higher. So they're still overpaying, plus they're, the interest rates are higher. Yes. So, so your payment's like, <laughs> going to be more, all of that. So if you take that 30 and you overpay 20000 to get the thing that you really love, now you're 50. Right. You know, so, um, and really this is the, you know, exact thing I was going to kind of kind of cover on, you know, my on the road with Rich is is these type of decisions to make when you're looking at, you know, either moving or, you know, selling and, and, or re- renovating, you know, how do you get into that decision? Because it's something that um, comes up almost every time. So the, the thing to remember when you're weighing on um, should you stay or should you go also is when you do renovate, you can make things exactly like you want them. So you can get what you want, where you want. With Mosby Building Arts, you can have a 10-year workmanship warranty on that project. You can't buy a new home and get a 10-year workmanship warranty. Not brand new. I mean, like literally no one's ever lived in it. They just finished it yesterday. Go ahead and move in. You don't have that type of warranty. So there's other advantages to the remodeling side. But let's get into the next question. And then I want to get into my on the road with Rich, too, to kind of help, you know, explain how some of these situations come about about the next question. Yeah, the next question was, at what point should we should we be concerned with the return on investment on our home? Yes. And there there are plenty times I'm telling you right now, there's plenty times out there where you should not be you shouldn't be worried about that whatsoever. Um, it, it's a it's a thing that is is really I know everybody is so worried about it. Um, and if you Google like return on investment and should I be concerned about it or should I worry about that you know when renovating a home, look at everything that comes up. like everything is like, Little money, little money, little money. You should be. Why? What should you consider? What type of job should you consider? They're yeah. telling you what type of job you should consider to get the best money. What type of job helps you? 
You know, what type of job makes your 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 home and your life better? Right. You know, and, and that may be one that you get a lot more return over the years, you know, a better return on your well-being and your happiness and all this other stuff that goes peace of mind, all this that goes, you know, can be in your home. But maybe you need more time to recoup that return on investment because mm-hmm. what you got just kind of cost a little bit more. And, you know, everybody, uh, they, they say the same thing every time. Well, I don't want to be the most expensive house in the neighborhood. <laughs> well, look at Kirkwood, look at Webster Groves, look at Brentwood, look at a bunch of these central corridor areas and, you know, I've literally had people say, well, if I do all this at my home, I can never sell it for that. Well, in Kirkwood, they'll put a $1.2 million home next to a $150,000 home. Oh, yeah. And that $1.2 million home will sell. And that $150,000 home will sell. Mm-hmm. It's just going to happen. And that $150,000 will probably sell for two hundred dollars because it's got that next to it. So somebody's going to do it. So why being the first? If you're committed to your home, your your area, all these things, why not be the first to start that trend so that other people That's true. start making the yeah. same decision and doing the same thing? And if you're going to be in your home 10 plus years, you have no idea what it's going to be like in the future. You cannot predict the future. So you shouldn't worry about something like that. Oh, yeah. You know, you're, it, maybe the market goes down a bit. Yeah. Okay. You know, so stick around. Right. Wait for the change, you know, so so pick somewhere good, be committed, but you, you don't have to necessarily. Now, if you say to me, and I have clients do that, that like, you know, well, I need to do some things and I am worried about the return on investment because I'm moving in two years and I'm retiring and I'm going to Arizona to be near my kids and my family and my grandkids and everything. Absolutely, yeah, you should be re- worried about that return. Uh, yep. Why would you go over and do all these things? And you know, when when you really that's your goal. So there's times to be concerned about it when you're short term and it's not your forever home and those sort of things. And there's times when you should be concerned. But hey, we got to get into our first break here. If if anybody out there is looking for help in these decisions and conversations, you want to have Mosby out, give us a call 314-909-1800 or call mosby.com. Check out our website. You can do everything from there. When we return, I'm going to get into my hack and I'm going to go into that on the road also to help explain some of those situations. So we'll be right back after this. And now, here's Rich's Right at Home Hack. All right, guys, we're back, and you heard the man. Time for Rich's Hack, and I thought today maybe we would just get off topic, have a little fun with it. So this one's going to be easy. So before you toss out yesterday's brewed coffee grounds, you may want to consider ways that you can reuse them. Yes, there's things you can do with that to recycle So, you know, used coffee grounds can be used to improve your garden soil. It actually enhances the nutrient content. 
it, it allows the soil to release the nitrogen slowly over time. So it'll just work better for you. Worms are actually attracted to the coffee grounds and worms are a great thing. You want them. So the grounds are gritty and worms need that for their digestive process. So they're attractive to attracted to getting to those certain kinds of things. They can also really work well for decomposition. So if you have a compost pile, put the coffee grounds in there. It does kind of the same things with the nourishment and the nitrogen in your compost pile. And the last one, fresh cut flowers. You could literally put a tablespoon inside your your water, your vase, your fresh cut flowers. Same thing with nitrogen and all that. And it will provide nourishment for those flowers, keep them alive a little bit longer. So, hey, it can't get any easier, simpler than that right there. Don't get rid of your coffee grounds. And if you want to research it, there's plenty more than that you can actually do with your coffee grounds. So if you want to hear this hack or any of my hacks, remember, you can always get to them on my social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, just search Rich Oris with Mosby after it, and I'll be the first thing that pops up. And you can hear those every single week. Go back, hear ones that you want to hear again or, or didn't get all the information from. So, Todd, this is really going really well. I think it's a great topic with the new home, the remodeling, the return on investment, all this stuff. And so I want to jump right into to my on the road segment because I've got a couple examples here of ways, you know, I've had to advise people in the past on, yeah, you should be returned, you know, worried about that return and, and no, you really shouldn't be. And, you know, the first one, so being worried about a return on investment, I had a, I had a client that we were looking at a master bath remodel and he was really, really stuck on, I need this bathroom to have a tub in it. And I was, you know, I get more into how can we help you? How do you use it? What's the best thing for you guys? You know, how are you going to love it? And and so as I'm asking my, my usual questions, like, are you a tub person? Is your wife a tub person? Do you use the tub regularly? Literally, they never use the tub. The, the, there's laundry hanging over the edge of it. He's like, me or my wife have not been in this tub in 10 years we've been in this house. And I said, well, then why are you so concerned with keeping a tub in here? And he said, well, you know, a few years back, we remodeled the hall bathroom outside of all the kids' bedrooms, and we changed the tub to a shower, stand-up shower. And I'm like, oh, so all my real estate people are saying you have to have at least one tub in the house. And I'm like, well, for this type of home in this type of area, you're right, you know, because, but really you should have thought about that return on investment on that hall bathroom model, not necessarily the master bathroom yeah. model, because nine out of 10, if not more master bathrooms that we do, those tubs are going away. And those homes are selling, and they're selling for more, and the people love them. And when they see the big shower you can get and all that stuff for the adults, for the people that only shower, they don't even, I guarantee you, they won't even remember if there was a tub in there or not. Right. So now fast forward a year, and I got a client that has a tub, 
in her bathroom and she's having trouble getting into the bathtub because of her age and Mm -hmm. her abilities. And she's in a villa. She only has a bath and a half. and, And she called me out to look at the half bath and say, how can I add a shower to this half bath? Interesting. And I'm like, well, you're going to be taking room from this other bedroom. Are you going to be the hall, this and that? And, you know, the expense of trying to get that to fit and add it and do all this. And and I'm like, really, you should consider just taking that tub and making it a shower only. Then you're only working on that and you're only working on that area. And then it helps you get in and out. And it's near where you need to be, your bedroom. Yeah. You know, so if you're, you don't have to come out into the hall to find a shower that you could step into, you're walking less distance. Mm-hmm. And she was back on the same thing as like this return on investment thing. Well, but they say you should have a tub. And I'm like, well, but not a lot of people in villas have young children. In That's their right. Villa. Yeah. They just don't. And I'm like, but yeah, for, you know, who's going to, who's going to have this home next? Let's think about that. You know, are, are your children, would either of them, consider taking this over no i got two kids and they both live out of state when when i'm done they're just going to sell this place i'm like are you ever moving from here other than possibly having to go to assisted living or something Mm -hmm. like that you know are you ever playing no i'm good i'm done you know i love it here and and i'm like then don't worry about the return on investment even if it hurt your return even if they said wow that was that wasn't a smart move this this villa is going to sell for $20,000 less than it should have because you took a tub out. Well, you got to live in it. You got to enjoy it. You got to stay where you wanted to be for longer and less money out of your pocket to do it. And, you know, your kids each got $10,000 less when they sold your villa. <laughs> right. You know, does that concern you? Are you, you know, is it that big of a deal, even if it were to happen, and, you know, by the end of the day, she was like, wow, that's a lot of, I never really thought of everything that way. Like, okay, you know, so do what feels right for you. Make your home comfortable for you. Make yourself happy to be in that home and, and think less about, am I going to get my money? When you buy a car, do you think, man, like, Think of a truck these days. Think mm-hmm. of a Ford truck. It's probably eighty thousand dollars. When yeah. you go to buy that, does anyone think, man, in five years I'm gonna have to sell this for a hundred thousand dollars? Not a person out there thinks that. Right. That's and they buy analogy. tires yeah. and they change their oil yeah. and they, you know, they maintain it. My my daughter's car, we're turning it in tonight. It needs a front end alignment. It needs all the stuff. The edge of the tire starting to wear. I'm like, oh, you should have told me it was pulling to the right. I need to step up and drive this thing more so that, you know, my daughter's not telling me like, hey, I'm almost going off the road because I'm forcing my car to the left, you know. But I'm not thinking of the resale when I go to do that. I'm thinking of her driving off the road. Yeah, exactly. Right? So think about the same thing in your house. If you spend a little bit too much and you're happy and that's going to last 10 years or more, don't stop. And the person that's going to buy that villa, there's going to be so many people that are going to be like that woman who are going to be retiring, who aren't going to want to deal with a tub. 
They want a shower. There's going to be so many people that are going to want to buy that villa because of that reason. Because it doesn't have a tub, it's going to be easier for them. So you have to think about that as well. Absolutely. Yep. Excellent. All right. So let's go ahead and keep on kind of the home buying front. We talked to a guest uh, a couple years ago who was an expert in uh, historic homes. And uh, this person wanted to know, they're considering buying a historic home. What kind of things do we need to be aware of before we purchase uh, the historic home? Yeah. And that, you know, it's a really cool thing. And the people that that buy and live in historic homes are, are talk about being committed to your home. So when you go to even want to do that, you know, the first thing that you kind of need to understand is um, you're becoming a part of something bigger than yourself, bigger than your home, just as big as, you know, the whole community, the whole city, all of that. So it's a unique opportunity for people to share in the history of the area to, to really, these people become stewards of, you know, our nation's past and our city's past and, and all these things. So it is a real cool opportunity. And, you know, another kind of client of mine years ago had a detached garage in a historical area and Basically, they said, if you try and fix the garage, you have to stick with all these historic things. If you tear it down and completely rebuild, the historical stuff goes away. And we could build a two-car garage oversized with vinyl siding. And there was a bunch of them in the alley. It was a weird rule. And he said, it costs more to fix the garage and keep it historical than it did to build a new one. And that's the option he went with. Yeah, I bet because that's what he wanted to do. So another thing that you really you know need to think about is, again, this return on investment. Um, it can actually be a better return on investment, you know, because people like him want these homes. So in, in, in but pre-COVID, there was some studies that were like they sold 26% faster and they sold, they had a 21% greater sell, selling price than the rest of the things in the area. Um, so you can get a good return on your investment. Um, another thing to, to definitely be aware of is, you know, things you do to the home may be regulated. Um, and you have to think about what parts may be regulated. And again, that can come with some extra cost. Um, like I was talking about with the garage, that it just takes more to do it and everything else. Um, and then really, you know, understand that there could be some resources to help preserve that. So there could be, you know, national register eligibility to get funds to kind of help you out with grants and loans and tax incentives to help you maintain this. So sometimes there's things that can help you with that extra cost and what you get into getting into a historic home. But I think it's an awesome thing. Um, And and I think the people that do it are commendable and and really, you know, love history and and want to do that and really want to help out. So I definitely say, if you love it, look into it, consider it. You can find some of these things out before. Um, And then if you need help, we do these historic renovations we do all this work. So again, 
you can give Mosby a call, 314-909-1800. Look online, callmosby.com, C-A-L-L-M-O-S-B-Y.com. You'll see some things there with different projects and, you know, different older homes that we've worked on. We're going to get into our final break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Ride at Home with Rich. And now, here's your host, Rich Horace. All right, guys, we are back having a great time with this question-answer format, different questions that we hear all the time. So uh, my producer, Todd Bachman, has been kind of running back and forth with me, asking these questions and just talking about how we get through and, and help people with, with answers with them. So we've got... Uh, quite a few more on the list we need to try and get through so which is good because if we don't get through them all we'll have another one of these before you know it but todd what's uh what else is going on and what else should we be thinking about and asking about right now well this one's about summer safety tips for your home um it is still summer it's mid-july don't worry about back to school just yet get that out of your heads everyone summer is still here okay what are some summer safety tips that you recommend for your home well definitely you know thinking about the home and and how to maintain and all of that, um, you know, during the heat, during the summertime, um, definitely change your air conditioner filter. We've talked about that before where, you know, even though they talk about a schedule every three months, every four months, what this and that, um, but think about, you know, checking it and making sure if it's clean, you know, if you religiously replace your, your, AC filter every three months and it's dirty and it needs replaced every three months. I don't know. Check it at two, you know, look at it once a month because it may need to be done every month or every two months for, you know, if you're not looking at it until you go for that replacement, um, looking at, you know, window treatments for, um, are they still good? Are they working? And do they block the sun? And, you know, thinking about getting some, maybe some better, you know, blocking, sun blocking out, window treatments, things like that. Um, summer, heat of summer, it gets dry. So um, definitely the time to think about your foundation. And um, not a once a month checklist thing, but look at your foundation inside and out. As it's dry, as the ground shrinks, cracking is going to start to appear. This is when your settling is going to start to happen. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to need piers or anything like that, but it may be enough for water to come in later. Dirt gets away from the foundation. Water starts getting in these cracks because it's running down right along the foundation. So inspect that foundation, look for cracks and think about getting them worked on, fixed, sealed, stop the water. Um, another thing is like, oh, my yard is struggling right now so, so bad. And, and I got a sprinkler system and it's still, it's been so hot that um, it's still, you know, working hard to maintain that yard. So think about if you have a sprinkler system, check it out. Do that summertime adjustment. Watch it run. It may be spraying the wrong areas and not hitting everything and and all of that. So there are, you know, there is kind of a midsummer check on all those sprinklers to make sure they're still working. And then if you find something that's broken, replace a sprinkler head, do that. It's going to help keep that uh 
that lawn really up and, and, you know, working in the heat a lot better for you. So, and again, what I always advise is those inspections. It's a good thing to walk around and inspect. Look at the siding, inspect the roof. If you need to grab a pair of binoculars and really kind of try and look at that roof, look for, you know, curling or cracked shingles, missing shingles are kind of easy to spot. Um, damaged metal flashing, you know, metal flashing, warping up um, from the shingle. You want to get those things, you know, contact a, a roofing specialist and get those things repaired or replaced. Um, don't ignore your gutters because the storms that we do get are crazy heavy. You know, we just had uh, 100,000 homes without power. You know, so when we do get these storms in, in the summer, they're overwhelming. So if your gutters are halfway clogged, you could have more problems because of that. So make sure they're cleaned out. And then really back to that air conditioner, the heat just really works on your home, on your AC system. Hose that air conditioner condenser down. Make sure the outside's clean. Take a garden hose and literally hose it all off. And if you think something's not right, again, call your pro get them to look at it, get them to check it out and make those repairs. Your home will, that'll thank you to help get that, you know, help through the heat through that summertime for sure. Absolutely. Those are some fantastic tips. And here's a general question for you, uh, but you can kind of spin off from here. What are some common mistakes that homeowners are making that you can help them avoid? There's a pretty good list on that for sure. Um, And and this can kind of come into that new homeowners too. Like they've, you know, everything you've seen your grandmother do isn't necessarily the greatest thing to to do today. You know, so um, the number one thing I see um, people doing all the time is they use bleach. Like it's a (laughs) cure-all. Like it does everything. You know, it, it's it's chicken soup. It works for it. It, it ails exactly. all the ailments of your home, but you really need to think of be cautious and think about that because um, it can eat through sealants, um, like on stone. You have granite. Do not put bleach on it. It can discolor. You know, laminate um, materials. It can it can discolor grout. Um, it definitely, and everybody thinks like, it's just the greatest thing for like mold and all of that. Well, actually bleach can promote mold in your shower, on your grout. When you're in, you know, that porous material, it can get in there and it can basically, you know, it doesn't come out like, cause it's porous and everything. and, And it will make the mold actually grow and come back faster so using you know after you clean with it to get rid of mold sealing that grout things like that to in in diluting it for sure all of that but don't use it for absolutely everything it it's just not meant for that you know read the instructions and and on different things and really check into and think about it um another common thing i see is you know everyone loves ivy Mm-hmm. And if ivy is climbing up your house or you're promoting it to stop immediately, 
Um, it's not great for brick. If it's on your brick, it's get you know it's grabbing into that. You probably need tuck pointing behind that ivy, and you're letting water into that you know masonry system. It'll literally go behind your vinyl siding, things like that, and it's really hard to tell. The worst one I, I actually saw was you know pulled the shades back on a on a room that people don't really go into often anymore. You know. They're empty nesters, that sort of thing. I pull the shades up, and the ivy is inside the window, Ugh. coming along like the crack of the window on yeah. the inside, on the between the sill and the window. Um, and I'm like, yeah, we should maybe look outside and you know see where this ivy's coming from. And you know, so if you have that all over, it is not a great thing. Um, chemical drain cleaners, not great, and definitely not great to use like a lot often if you're having problems mm-hmm. um, so there are you know other things that you can consider like um, baking soda and vinegar um, in place of that um, another thing is is you know doing like more maintenance all the time and, and putting you know some ridex in yeah. all those pipes you know once a month take us you know get the dry stuff take a spoonful, mix it in a cup of water, pour it in the toilet, and just let it do its thing. When you flush it, it'll get into the pipes. It'll help keep those pipes clean. So, you know, and then if you are having that many problems, again, get that professional, bring them in, um, and have them, you know, look into what's under the floor, and you may have tree roots and things like that. So, Mm -hmm. and those chemicals just aren't going to necessarily take care of that. Um, so cleaning, uh, mirrors with glass cleaners is a big one. When you see the edge of the mirror with all the black stuff, that's typically because they, they use glass cleaner and it eats away at that backing. And if you use too much, then it can really get around there and eat away at it. Cause you, you know, you end up needing a new mirror. So very simply you can use just warm water and a microfiber cloth um, or get back to that, you know, vinegar diluted solution and microfiber, put it on the cloth, not the mirror, that sort of thing. Um, so planting is a big one. Planting trees, shrubs and things that are too big, you know, too close to the home. They get this baby tree and they think, wow, this is really cool. And they put it there. And, and if you don't look into what it's going to be, it can really take over and, you know, if you're in it for the long haul, again, you can run into some foundation problems and things like that. Literally having a tree, you know, too close to your house. Another quick one is um, over mulching. I see this all the time. Everybody adds mulch every year and you end up with all this mulch and you want to pull that mulch out, get rid of all of it, get down to the ground, make sure the ground slopes away, make sure water is going where it needs, and then add new mulch. You don't need to necessarily do that every year, but think about how long you've been in your home. If you've done that three, four, five years, the ground's moving underneath, it's getting soft. You, you really want to look at that and, and maintain it and make sure that you know it's everything's right underneath. And you get rid of different bugs and different things that just are in that old stuff at the bottom. But hey, this was a great time. I, I love doing this uh, you know, type of show with you, and I, I appreciate the, the help out and everything. 
We are just about out of time here, but I would remind everybody one more time, you know, if you need any of this stuff, call Mosby.com, our phone number 314-909-1800. Get with us. We'd love to help you out. And I'll talk to everybody next week. (music) 